This Week in Casa de Confidence from the Awakening Motherhood Project, Rachel Amarante. Welcome to Casa de Confidence, a podcast for women and some cool dudes going in the direction of their dreams and the confidence it takes to reach them. I'm your host, Julie DeLuca Collins, and your sidekick, handsome hot husband, that again. I am a dreamer, a traveler, a missionary, and risk taker. I am a lover of books, activist, philanthropist, and most of all, we are supporter of people and their dreams. If you stumble into the casa for the first time, welcome. If you've been here before, we're so glad you're back. Grab your drink of choice, settle in, and make yourself at home. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, Daniel Samuel Collins. <laughs> How are you today? I am um, delightful. Hold on. I, I just want to explain to any new listeners out there. If you're a new listener on the show, this is just the price of admission. You need to listen to me and Julie talk about our day a little bit. And then it pays off with an incredible interview with our most incredible guest that we have every week. So, I am so excited about this week's <laughs> guest, by the way. Not for nothing. She's fantastic. Yeah, it's Rachel Amarante. I hope I'm saying your name right, Julie. I, I think I, you I are, did yes. not, I, I did not get to spend much, uh, any time with her. You you are actually doing the interview while I was not here. Okay, but did you not edit the episode where she introduces herself and says her name? Oh, I guess I could pay more <laughs> attention now, couldn't I? <laughs> Just saying. Ladies, does your husband do the same thing? Not pay attention? Hmm. You pay attention when it counts. <laughs> By the way... I'm so broke, I can't even pay attention. Do you know what today, tomorrow is? It's an old joke. Do you know what tomorrow is? Tomorrow is... I'm going to give you a clue. It's 9.20. Monday, 9.20. It's one of my favorite times of the month. Well, I have no idea. Oh, well, I'm not going to tell you then. I know what started this week, though. What started this week? Hispanic Heritage Month. Oh, look at you. You know, it started on the 15th. That's El Salvador's Independence Day. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And I did not have any pupusas, which I was kind of thinking about this. Mm, maybe we'll have to get pupusas. Um, not pupusas, pupusas. I was trying to be authentic in my speech and accent, but mm. I, I'm I'm not. You're not. You had a late night last Papusas. night, Daniel. Pupusas. Not papu, it's pupusas. Oh, pupusas. Yes, pupusas, like poo platter. Pupusas Hello? are delightful, incredible. If you've never had a pupusa, a Salvadorian food, go get you some pupusas if you have them available. Yes, and you have to eat them with your hands. My family, yes. my cousin. You throw a fork on that thing, you are dishonoring dis- yeah. the the. So when we first visited my cousin Hector in Dallas and he met Dan for the first time, we got pupusas and I knew it was a little test of sorts, but you know, who am I? I knew Dan would pass with flying colors. Um, And sure enough, when my cousin's face was impressed, when you picked up that pupusa as a native Salvadorian and began to eat it, Like, and you know, with that fork and knife. Good job. Well, I ate it with my hands, right? Yeah, you ate it with your hands. Well, what he doesn't know is I eat cereal with my hands, too. Oh, my God. (laughs) You do not. (laughs) Don't be a Neanderthal. Come on. No, it's not. Uh, Spaghetti, yes. Cereal, no. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Stop that. Stop Stop it. it. You know what? You're punchy. Too many visuals. Too Too many many visuals. I am punchy. My buddy called me last night, um, Mm -hmm. and he's he goes, "Hey, oh, actually, he texted me, cold with a question mark." And I I I replied to him, "I'm like, I don't think so." (laughs) 
And then it took me two minutes. I'm like, oh, the band. I forgot that we had talked about. Well, I hadn't forgotten that I talked. To, we talked about going to our first concert in a very, very long time and to see Cold. Not cold play. Yeah, which Very is the only different. band so Julie, I know. So Julie, I tell Julie, hey, I'm going out, see a band, and I'm gonna we're gonna go see Cold, and she's like, Cold play? I'm like, no, Cold, different. Yeah, different vibe. Needless to say, I was with friends because we, my friend Tisa, set up a spa day for her um, sorority sisters and for her, and she invited uh, my friend Erica and I. Right. And so we were at this delightful new spa, new to me and new to the area, mm. which, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to revisit again. But so we had a beautiful relaxing and then we went to an early dinner outside in mm-hmm. an old Weathersfield, with the, which is a charming, quintessential New England um, little town. And then we saw the moon rising, which should give you a clue as to what I'm excited about tomorrow. And here's Dan texting me that he's going to go see cold. I'm like, what the heck is that? Hmm. Anyway. So, yeah, it was, I, we were out late. It was in Norwalk, which is in mm-hmm. Western Connecticut. It's like an hour and a half away. Yeah. Can you believe and, you uh, went to see an, a band an hour and a half away? And let me tell you, when I was listening to their songs, I was like, yeah, mm, Okay, good for you. Hmm. So it's so not not Julie's not, taste. Not but it's, my it's, cup of tea. It's it, it, it's rock, good. but it's a little it's too hard for me. Yeah, a little too hard for Julie, and they've been around. I, I guess I didn't realize they've been around since 1986. Yeah, some people weren't born. But they're. I mean, they're very. They hit in the 90s, and hmm. I mean, they're they're really. I mean, they're they're a good band. Good band to go see. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. And it I was, am the more, concert was good. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot of people there because I don't think everyone's comfortable yet. Yeah. Well. So it was actually really easy to, to be safe there. Good. I'm glad you got home. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. You know what I just realized? What did you just realize? I totally threw you an old shiny. You were going to tell me something that was happening tomorrow, and I went on to Hispanic Heritage Month. Mm-hmm. You went down that street chasing the ball, and you forgot to tell us what's happening tomorrow. It's not happening tomorrow. Oh, it's Tuesday. happening Tuesday. Sorry, sorry. And it's sorry. happening at 1230, and it is... I'm super excited for this, because honestly... Um, I know that, talk about O'Shiny, when I started my business, I was doing the wrong things. And I was going through thinking, oh, I need a logo. Oh, I needed this. Oh, I needed that. And that didn't get me money, didn't get me paid, didn't get me clients, didn't help me help people. Ultimately, there's five steps to be able to launch your business successfully. It's what it takes. Masterclass is what's happening on Tuesday from 1230 to 115. And I am hoping that the people that come can get some clarity on the five basic steps that will help them launch and grow a successful brand and business and make an impact in the world and really be able to help others while creating the financial freedoms that they crave. So the link for the class is in my Instagram bio, but it's also on the my Instagram bio. Yes. And on the show notes. Oh my goodness. I was like, what's that on Is it is it Casa de Confidence dot com for <clears throat> Wow, what happened? Casa de Confidence dot com forward slash W I T wit. Wit. Right? It's Casa de Confidence, correct? Yes. Yes it is. But the event is on Eventbrite as well. And the easiest way is to just go to my Instagram bio because you follow me on Instagram and mm-hmm. it's on there. Click on the link and it will sign you up. Cool. Ready? All right. You know. Yes. Speaking of Instagram. Oh. Speaking of Instagram. Instagram's evil twin. It's TikTok time. TikTok time. Hey, what's your favorite TikTok? Ugh. I didn't do my homework. It's not homework. We are just enlightening people with what we have been perusing in the interwebs. Uh, regardless of what we're calling it, I still didn't do it. <laughs> you, but did, were you or were you not on TikTok? 
at any point during this week. Yeah, I guess I've, I've, you know, mindlessly, mindlessly scroll. scrolling. Yeah, and you weren't thinking like, oh, this is kind of fun. I well, should talk about this on the podcast. Notes. It's hard to take down notes in the bathroom. <laughs> Dan, people are gonna think I married an animal. You did marry an animal. <laughs> They don't call me Yeti for nothing. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, for me, my favorite TikTok is from Emily Ryan Designs. And Emily is a 23-year-old, and she graduated from a design college in here in New England. And she is now TikTok famous. But her original TikTok that I saw a couple weeks ago that has had me sucked in is she began to redesign her parents' bedroom. Hmm. And her parents had been married for, I don't know, 20, 30, some on years. Mm-hmm. Go check it out. And every couple days, she's been posting an update. And here's the thing. When you live in a space for a long time and it's just, just filled with life, I guess, it's not beautifully curated, um, and your daughter starts to renovate and yeah, go check it out. And she has done an amazing work. Beautiful. It is. I love the aesthetic. I, I, um, it's a little more modern than I typically go, but I love the fact that she took this room that was lived in, that was needed love decluttering and did that for her parents. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. It's nice that she did that for her parents. It is so nice that she did that with cool. with everything that she's doing. And by the way, I have to say, mm-hmm. Rachel Amarante, I am yes. just in love with her aesthetic, everything that she does. Her big thing, and she's a mom to four boys, um, and she's she is she runs the Awakening Motherhood Project, and one of her main goals is that, you know, she is up for no BS. She gives you recipes, um, brings you joy. She just, I love the way that she's trying to inspire moms and be able to be sort of this beacon for others um, and help, and, you know, shit hits the fan, like she says in her in her website, whoa, right? Whoa, whoa, earmuffs. Everything can go into chaos, but she likes to share the actionable ways in which in the middle of the ridiculousness that can happen to all of us, right? Mm. You can find joy and she's going to give you some very simple tools. And this is, I think why we align because for me is the simple things that curate and that allow you to then intentionally live your life that make a difference. So I, I love that, and I am looking to try some of her recipes, by the way. I Ooh, saw a couple different recipes. things that she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, She did a simple summer lasagna that I saw that I think that would be right up our alley. Oh, this is on her blog? It's on her blog, yeah. Oh, and, guys, um, go to the show notes and check out her blog, because yeah. I'm seeing the picture out of the corner of my eyes right now. And that looks doesn't that look fantastic? Oh my god! Maybe we'll make this tonight. What do you think? All right. right. Anyhow, um, so Dan, you're going to be a bachelor for a week. I'm not going to be a bachelor for a week, but my wife is leaving me for a week. Mm. Mm. Yes. Hey, did you want to maybe road trip? Maybe did you want to put it out there? So when I come back from the road trip, I come back on a week from Mm -hmm. Monday from tomorrow so do you want to put it out there to the universe a little bit of uh, what we will be embarking on for 14 days to see if it's the right lifestyle for us um let's keep it what you know quiet one of the things in the book that we're reading it encourages you to be accountable to the world and to talk about it Mm mm-hmm but if you don't want to talk about it today, we All right. can talk well, about let it me next talk, time. Let me talk about it then. <clears throat> okay. So over the past year, year and a half, Julie has been working tirelessly um, on her new business, on the podcast, 
and on being intentional in her life in accomplishing the things that she wants to get done, done. So, and for myself, I've been helping along the way and I'll go to work and do my job, do my work. And that is very structured and awesome. And I come home and uh, there's been fits and starts where I've been helping Julie, but but lately I've been helping qu- quite a bit. And we're both basically, you know, we've been mm-hmm. trying to intentional intent be intentional and be caring towards this um new business. path in this business yeah so our entrepreneurial journey i can't even say that now goodness. what i have to say out there is for those other people on that path there's a important core issue that you also have to take care of and it's the one thing that myself and Julie admit to letting um, get up, get away from us a little bit. We haven't been quite as intentional with our physical health. Mm-hmm. So um, I myself am pre-diabetic and, and uh, I have um, a neuropathy, which makes my feet go numb unless I take medicine every day and this has just started over the past year um julie herself also went to the doctor and found that she was also pre-diabetic so so this is the warning flag this is the flag that says okay fix it now or this crap is going to be permanent right so um yeah so when julie gets back from her trip I, I think uh, we're going to prepare before the trip to right. in, uh, be entirely intentional, not haphazard, right? not like I typically do, which is obsess and get it done. And then I got to stop at the end and then all that weight comes back on. And, you know, it's not just about losing weight. It's about being healthy and doing the right things to make us feel good, feel well, do the mind work. And so we feel good in our body. And, and so those different, the pains that you feel are not self induced. Right. And the thing is, that's, that's that's important. Here's the thing that as a tiny habits coach, one of the biggest things that I know that I have always, um, even before being a tiny habits coach, when you go all in in something, and you you're you're working on your all in and using your willpower, and willpower dissipates. So it's important to set up habits and simple, tiny new things that are sustainable. And that's a little bit of what we will be working on. I have been reading a book that has been, first of all, the neuroscience of change is an amazing topic. It's something that really attracts me. So um, we're going to be doing that. And we'll talk a little bit more maybe on next week's episode. Yes. For now, I would love to. And if you want information about what we will possibly be going to be doing before then, give Julie Julie an email. Julie at GoConfidentlyCoaching.com. I'm sure she'll be happy to share with you. And stay tuned for the transformation, mainly from our heart and our minds. In Mm. the meantime, make sure that you visit the Awakening Motherhood Project and go and visit Rachel, connect with her, see the kind of things that she is doing and working with and just um, live vicariously. You know, her latest blog, Why Aren't We Talking About Holistic Health? And COVID. And I really enjoyed reading it because I think that this is exactly some of the conversations that we stay away from. We stay away from talking about how holistic living, right, and eating a little bit more raw food and less box food can make an impact on our health and our well being and our mind. And again, there's going to be a lot of thoughts 
either way about COVID and what's going on. But the best thing that we can do is curate what we put in our bodies and how we're able to show up for ourselves. So anything else? I think that's about it. Pretty long intro today. Hmm. But I warned the new people. You warned the new people. It is a long intro. We talked about it. It's not really an intro. It's just, it's just two segments to a podcast. We talk, we chat, blah, blah, blah. You can zip ahead. If you don't want to hear my blathering about blathering. Fast forward. <laughs> you can and listen forward. to Rachel. Yes. So and without further ado. Rachel Amarante. Rachel, thank you so much coming to Cosmic Confidence and for being a guest of the show. I welcome you with open arms. I think that you are an amazing individual that I wanted to really be able to get to know, but most more importantly, I wanted um, the listeners to get to know you because you're doing some incredible things. But take a moment, introduce yourself, tell yeah. us who you are, because I never do it justice when I just read a bio. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am Rachel. I am the mother of four young boys. They are three, eight, nine, and 10. And we live in the Midwest. Um, and I'm the creator of the Awakening Motherhood Project. And what I am doing right now with this project that I launched in March of um, 2021 is um, so it's just a little baby project for now. But what I'm doing really is um, I am sharing the real, honest grittiness of motherhood and how it's important to share that those stories and those spaces in order to break down some of the expectations that we have as mothers and women in this world. And I think that through these simple, actionable ways that I show how to find joy in our own lives, how to bring happiness to our souls and confidence to who we are outside of making dinner, making lunch, going to soccer, going to, you know, getting someone's nails clipped. It becomes, it becomes, we become so much more powerful and we teach our children how to do that for themselves. So right now those stories and, um, ways are shown through my social media and through my, um, a newsletter that I share. Um, and also through my website. Um, one of the newest things that I started, um, in June that I'm really excited to do is I'm, I've been finding these women who are doing what I'm talking about. They are taking the risks. They are pivoting. They are, being confident in who they are and being okay with failure and showing their kids what it means to do good in this world. And when I'm meeting them, I'm like, oh my God, those are the stories that we need to talk about. Those are the real honest people in this world. And there's so many of them that I want to share their stories too. So on my site, you will find a space that's called spread the joy. And once a month, I am hoping to share stories of other small businesses run by women and mothers, especially who are doing exactly what I'm talking about, who have already maybe mastered the things that I'm experiment- experimenting with in my life. So that's something that I'm super excited about right now. Well, I, I went to your site and one of the things that I loved is that you have whatever you put out onto this world comes back to you. Let's spread some joy, support and confidence. Mm -hmm. And I think that in the process of confidence, we end up, um, you know, having those moments where we second guess what we're doing, where we second guess, uh, whether we measure up or not. And if we support each other, and spread the message that we are enough, even if our dishes are laying on their sink or our kids yeah. don't have it all together, um, then then we can make this a better place, right? Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. And I think that I used to think of confidence. I always thought that I was a confident person, but I always measured my confidence based on my body image, my career path how high up on a ladder I was on um, the images that are portrayed of us. And I, it wasn't until probably in the last couple years that I really started to understand that all of those reasons for confidence that I had built who I was upon were external. 
And those are actually not where confidence comes from. And confident, like the only way that I can have that happiness and joy for myself is finding confidence in inside. And I know that like that's such a cliche thing to say. And if you had asked me 10 years ago, I'd been like, oh yeah, I definitely, you know, have confidence in my soul. But I definitely did not. And um, and I think that that's such a a change. And maybe it comes with age, maybe it comes with, you know, not caring anymore about what other people think. Um, but I think that there is a space for us to talk about those things and sort of break down those expectations of why women are confident and where that came from. Um, that's, and I think that that's really important because I wish I had that 15 years ago. Yeah. And you know, this is one of the reasons why um, I feel so strongly about the podcast. I, I know that, you know, I, look back in my career and I look back at the many uh, individual moments that I've had with women in, in which we interact as colleagues in a job. We interact as friends, as, you know, maybe parents in the school drop-off line or whatever. And we, we are not normalizing that, you know, feeling confident comes from just, you know, knowing what we're good at, but also acknowledging the areas that we need to grow and that it's okay to have that. It's okay to have, and and, and I wanted to normalize the conversations because we need to stop um, analyzing and measuring up based on something that we see out in social media, based on something that we hear on or, or a character in a movie, et cetera. It really has Mm -hmm. to come from, um, the support that we get from one another. I had, um, recently, and, and actually she was a guest on the podcast. Her name is Natalie and we work together and Natalie and I, I'm, we met in 2000 and 2000. So yeah. It's been 21 years since I've known her. Um, And we were both young. She's younger than I am. And she was single. I was newly married to my ex-husband. And we were going and growing up the the ladder, the corporate Mm -hmm. ladder in the company that we worked for. Mm -hmm. And I always felt like she had it so together. And recently, maybe a couple of years ago, we were talking about something and um, we've stayed in touch over the years. And she said, you know, there's something that you said to me that um, I took and then I, I actually uh, stayed with me. And this is why I pursued the career path now that I have. And now she is wow. the CEO wow. of a non-for-profit wow. and there, there's areas in which when we have conversations with others, we can impact them. And I love that you're creating a space for others that they can breathe that belief into each other. Yeah. So this is yeah, so wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think I remember one of the reasons why I started the Awakening Motherhood Project is because I had in my, in my previous role, my previous lives, that I loved for so many reasons and filled my soul for so many other reasons, but I will never forget when people, whether it was media or the women that I worked with or in our community would ask me, Oh my God, how do you do it all? Mm-hmm. How do you do it all? And I wanted to be like, Oh my God, I don't like, it's a right. total tornado behind me. We just only put out what is perfect. Yeah. And that is not doing anyone justice. It's not doing us as the Mm -hmm. women and mothers who are doing it now. It's not helping the women who are 10 years behind us. And it's certainly not helping our children to understand failure and imperfection and judgment of themselves as they change and pivot and grow. So that's, you know, that was sort of my catalyst for like, actually, this is, this is not, this is, the conversation that I need to be having. And I started having it in my home and it just sort of transitioned to this thing. It was, was like, I actually want to be talking to other women about this. And I think that that's really important to bring that reality to our kids. There's enough pressure on our kids right now to do all the things and to be better and to be the best and to be perfect and to be controlled 
And they get that from us. Right. And we modeled that behavior for generations to come. For sure. And, yeah. and we have a responsibility that how we choose to show up now is really how we are modeling for others yeah. that, and, and, you know, we're hoping, and I, you know, I, I'm not a mom, but I, I was thinking about this yesterday, actually, mm-hmm. as I'm getting ready to go on vacation, I was packing yeah. and I'm like, Oh, I hate this bathing suit. I'm not taking that. And then I thought, you know, it's, it's perfectly fine, but I think that I want to model for my niece. What does it feel like to, you yes. know, not define ourselves, but how good we look on the outside. Yes. I, yeah, I agree. And, and, I agree. and that's comes from the inside. I feel like, you know, so I have four little boys who are around me at all times and it's summertime and we're out on the, you know, on the pool and the beach and the lake and whatever. And, um, I think that some of the conversations that's not true. All of the conversations that we have with ourselves directly impact our kids and what we can do and sort of change that, change that motif. I like, I recall, you know, standing around, you know, tables at, um, at happy hours or things when I was, when I was young and my mother's friends all saying like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm not eating that. Like I'm, I'm only eating vegetables this week, or I can't have that. I can't have this. And in my head, I'm like, why, why, why? I wonder, I wonder why they won't let them do that or let themselves feel or eat or things like that. So when my kids are on the boat and they see my stomach, my, um, you know, my lines from growing all of those boys in my belly and they're like, well, okay, mom, are you having another baby? No, I'm not <laughs> having another baby. This is just how I, this is, you know, how I am. And this is how my body is. And here are all my stretch marks. And this is why those stretch marks are important to me. And this is what they enabled me to do. And this is what my body was capable of. And so if you change that conversation away from, I'm afraid to wear this because I'm not as thin as I was when I was 22, but here's who I am now because I actually don't want to be who I was when I was 22. Um, and it's just changing that conversation. I don't care if you have girls or boys. Um, and, or, or I don't care if you're doing that for your niece or for your girlfriend who might need to hear that for that matter. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the other thing that I noticed is, um, and, and you said this, you said this as one of your um, quotes that what we think we become by the Buddha. And I loved reading that because it really indicated to me that, oh my gosh, she has to be definitely on the podcast, number one, which we had already agreed that we're going to. But when we understand that what we're thinking is driving our actions and then getting the results that we have in life is so important. And for you, you know, what you're thinking about yourself and how you're speaking to yourself Mm -hmm. is also creating for your boys an example. Yeah. And that, you know, they are the masters of their thoughts. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's one of those quotes that I think, you know, like when you were a child and your mother would tell you something over and over and over again, so it would drive you insane. And then you grow up and like, it just sort of sticks always in your head. That mm-hmm. is the quote that my kids will probably use forever. Like, oh my God, of course, mom's going to say that is what you think you become. I, there are a few things that I don't allow to be said in my house. That's impossible. And, and I'm bad. I don't let myself say that. Like, no, am I good at everything? Absolutely not. I'm, I need to source out a lot of things that I am not the best at, but if I want to be good at something, then I will not back down from that. It's funny. I also have some words that I tell my clients they can't use. <laughs> I can't, I won't, I yeah. should have, would have, could have. Right. It's hard. Um, yes. All of these things really tell our brain that we are, can't do it. And they're Correct. telling our brains that, that there's no other way. Right. And, and, and our brain is going to like, okay, it's hard. I'm not doing it. And then right. we are beginners. We are working on, we are adjusting to, and these are things that really how we speak to ourselves has so much power. I think that's a great, so I think that's a great point key. of being a beginner because when I sort of transitioned from running and helping run a small business to starting this brand new venture, I didn't know how to build a website. 
I didn't know how to do a lot of the things that I'm doing now. And there were a few different platforms and people that I spoke to that would say, do not be afraid to be a beginner. And that was at first hard for me because I am a perfectionist. I am type A and I want to do it and I'm not afraid to work hard, but I want to do it and I want to do it. I want to get it done right now. And this is the first time in my life that I've allowed myself to be a beginner. And it's been a really amazing, cool journey that I think if we as women allow the universe to guide us to our path and we use our guts and our souls to make some of these decisions for our lives, that is where you get confidence. That is where you become assured of where you need to be and what what you are here to do in this world. You don't second guess it. You don't worry about what everybody else has to say about you and you just go. And when you do that, these incredible, amazing things happen and you meet the most incredible people ever. And I, I can confidently say that not just in my own experience, but in those who take those risks. I I could not agree anymore because I think that for us, we are so afraid of the failure. We are so afraid of not measuring up. And I, I am a type A for sure. And I think that in building a business and in growing and, you know, learning to do something, being a beginner, the biggest challenge is that I wanted to already be an expert. I already right. wanted to be at the um, top. At the top. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that I also found that um, when I have a, a struggle with finding the confidence, it's also because I am trying to become the person next to me. Yes. Yeah. And I am forgetting that I am totally different. My skill set is not theirs. And that if I am always going to be measuring myself up by somebody else's standards, I am going to be struggled. I'm never going to measure up. And if I, if I start to say, you know, I, I am a beginner at this. I'm learning to put together a website. I'm learning to launch this. No, I, no, I agree. And, And honestly, we're not here to do, we're not here on this earth to do the same thing as the person right next to us. So their definition of success is far different than ours. Right. And when you don't ever know what someone else might be thinking of your life, they could be looking at you and thinking, oh my gosh, wow, she has it all together and she's got this and that. And that's not fair to anyone. And that, that doesn't get us anywhere. And so and I always try to remind myself and my children that we're not supposed to be good at everything. We are supposed to use each other and create these collaborations, friendships, because we need each other. Um, And we, I think that part of the thing that has been a little bit lost, I don't know if it was the last year and a half, or I'm not sure, but like, we've all of a sudden become this society that thinks that we can all do it by ourselves. Oh, I know. And, and I'm like, but actually it's okay that you don't like, I don't expect my kids to get an A in every single subject because what, why? Like they're not supposed to be good at every single thing. So why as adults do we think, and especially as women, that we're supposed to be amazing at every single thing. We're just, we're just not. Right. And I think that, you know, the, the concept also of asking for help. And, and I think that I, I was struggling for the last couple months because I do want to do it. I want to do it all right. I'm that high achiever. And when you spend time doing one thing, then you're saying no to something else. And what I was finding is that even at home, I I like to have a very tidy home, but that's not necessarily somebody else's priority that lives with me. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I either needed to step back from some of the stuff that I was doing or I needed to find a way. And I did, I, I, I found a lovely person that is helping me now. And she, she loves to clean and listen, I like to clean as as well, but it brings her joy. It helps me. I get to spend some money and then I just get to enjoy it. And then I'm not like, totally, you know, spending my time begrudging my husband as he's watching television and I'm cleaning because to Mm -hmm. me, that's a bigger priority. Right. But I'm sitting with him and enjoying the time together. And I think, I think, that that's, I think that's a huge thing too, is that 
the communication with your spouse as we as women are going through these transitions and we're pivoting through life that motherhood or not, we as women go through. And it has been very important in my marriage that we keep talking about those things and the change of either role or chore or Uh whatever it is in order to, because otherwise you're right, we would be ships in the night. And then we would only come together to argue about whose socks was left on the ground or who was late to baseball practice or whatever. And that's not the most important thing. And, and, and my relationship with my spouse, it comes before my children. Oh, so I love that I, you're saying that. I, I love to, that you're saying that. Yeah. I think it's something that needs to be protected and it's <laughs> not easy. Um, but as we continue to change, we have to be able to keep that communication open and trust that our partner is going to listen and to respect what we have to say and the changes that we want to make in our lives as women. I, I, I so resonate with that, you know, for many years in the, in, in the last, I would say 10, 15 years as the relationship between my friends and their spouses started to evolve. And mm-hmm. I'm honestly, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm older than you are. And, and a lot of them were starting to go through the process of their kids going to college, their kids um, being out of the home. And then they found that they were strangers with the person they were living with. They were just the person that was, you know, helping them shuttle their kids, maybe make a meal, pay the bills. Right. But they, they, they stepped out of, um, that fun, you know, the person that you dated, the person that you kind of swooned over on adventures with. Yeah. And that's important. And I think that, you know, even though we don't have children for us, um, our marriage comes before our business comes before our jobs, our, our family, because in the end we have each other. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a huge, it's trust and respect that I have for my partner to do his half of the things that have to be done. And he trusts me with the half of the things that I need to be done. But then more than that, more than just like getting our things, getting the to-do lists done, big or small, I agree that it's very, it's hard to get out of, we're tired. We're tired at the end of the day. I'm exhausted. I have four young kids. That is insane. I so neither of us feel like talking. We just want to sit and watch Peaky Blinders and you know <laughs> fall asleep at nine. And some nights that's okay. But I do, we both, we both once in a while go through this thing. We're like, okay, are we like, are we still good? I feel like we need to like hike or like, we need to like right. do something scary together or like, you know, let's build something in the yard or whatever so that we can keep that going. Because yeah, I say like, I love my kids very much. But when Uh they're done with college, like, goodbye, I'm going to, you know, now it's, you know, my time to do my thing and with, with my husband and Uh it's not easy. Like I want people to know who are listening, who have kids, have older kids are thinking about having kids or whatever. Like it is, I understand that when people just say like, get a date night, you know, just, Oh, get a center and have a date night. I'm like, really? Because my kids have baseball every single night for four months. Mm. So I don't know what you're talking about. So one of the things that my husband and I actually just started last month because he came to me and was like, Hey, haven't talked to you in a week and a half. Let's, you know, between parties and cabin and travel and whatever. I'm like, Oh yeah, you're right. Like, okay, we sort of need to, we're not, we're not in sync. And you know, when you're not in sync with your spouse. So we started waking up at, we both wake up early, like, you know, around five or five 30 to go work out or start working and do our thing. But at six 15, we both meet with our coffee in the screened in porch, no technology, uh-huh. no nothing, just the two of us and the dog. And we sit there for 30 minutes. And that I is our it. time that we have together. And we do what we promised at least three times a week, no matter what. Um, and he's not traveling for his job right now. They're still uh-huh. grounded. So that's kind of a blessing. And um, yeah. And I think that that's the thing that we're trying and we'll, we'll yeah. see how long that goes. But I think it's a really simple way for us to keep connected and keep our, but also it doesn't like, it's not this big, all consuming. It doesn't spend any money, right? you know, which is important. 
and, um, and things like that. And our kids are still asleep. So it works. I, I love that. And I think that, you know, the question that it, it, it goes back to what we said, right? Uh, it's what we tell our brain. Yeah. And yes. a lot of people spend a lot of time like, oh, I could never do that. I could never do that. But the real question is, how can I? And you right. made it work, right? Right. How, you don't need a babysitter. You don't need to go to the movies. You don't need to go sit at, at a fancy restaurant. You can just right. sit on your right. screened in porch and have coffee. Yeah. You could be having coffee anyway, and you're up. Yeah. You might as well yeah. do it together and really yeah. and create um create that intentional margin that Katie speaks about. Because yeah, there you go. The so important. You, it is you, true. Yeah, you have to prioritize it and you have to put it there. Um, for you, um, you know, I, I love hearing about this, but you have four boys. They're adorable, by the way. I saw them on your Thank Facebook you. page. They're Thank so, you. oh my gosh, so cute. <laughs> I, I love them. And I'm sure, you know, yeah. They, they look so cute in pictures, but as with kids, yeah, you know, I know they're um, it's you a know. different story. Yeah. Angels and devils. Yep. For sure. Um, what do you think when you look at them and you see where you are with them? What do you think is the most important lesson that you can give them? Mm, that's a great question. Oh my God. All the lessons. Um, I think that I would teach them above all else to love themselves mm. and to take care of their souls. Oh, and so beautiful. There's, there's something and it's, it's actually three little things that my husband and I tell them often is that there are three things that we want for them when they grow up. We want them to work hard. We want them to love themselves and find and love the, and find a way to take care of the world. And also find a partner who loves themselves and wants to take mm. care of the world. And, mm. and that's all like that, that, that's it. I don't, I don't really, I think that a lot can go under that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think yeah. that those are, those are important things. I want them to be happy in who they are and I want them to be confident in what they bring to this world. Mm. That's that's so beautiful. And I think that, you know, you're really, if you continue to give them that message that they will start to look for that and yeah. they'll start to work toward that. And that's so important. Um, did you always want to have a big family? Not, I didn't really know. Like I didn't really have an expectation of boys versus girls. I grew up in a family of three. There's three of us. And then my, my husband has a younger brother. So I think I always wanted three or four. Um, mm-hmm. my oldest, my three big boys were all surprises and within two and a half years of each other. Mm-hmm. So those years I was just surviving every day mm. when I had a newborn, a one-year-old and a two-year-old, a wow. three-year-old, a four-year-old, and a five-year-old. And so by the time Sonny, my three-year-old came around, I wanted, I was like, I want, like, I want to enjoy a baby. I want mm-hmm. the opportunity to like actually hold a baby and not have two other babies also. Right, um, right. So then Sunny, Sunny came along and then, um, and then we knew we were very, very done after that one. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I think four, four is my max. Um, oh, so beautiful. But I'm, I'm glad that they have each other. I really <laughs> am. And as loud and chaotic as my house full of, you know, smelly boy socks are, mm-hmm. um, I'm very grateful, especially in the last year when, <laughs> all we had was each other. So it came in real handy when Mm -hmm. they wanted to play football and there was, you know, a whole team of them outside already. (laughs) So that worked out really well in my favor, I think. (laughs) Yeah, that's so good. I think that um, for me, my sisters don't live here in Connecticut and the family that we have is really my husband's family, which is about an hour away from where we live. We have good friends, but really after, for the first few months of pandemic, it was just us and the dogs. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, so, it was a totally different, totally different life. Yeah. And when, yeah. and and it's funny when they opened, um, so they, my husband works at a research center for aerospace and they were going to open up only a few selected people. And they said, would you be comfortable being one of them? And he's like, well, you know, my husband, my wife has an autoimmune, I don't know. And, and, and he, and he asked, he's like, do you, I'm like, go 
go, go. Yeah. It's all good. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I know. I probably would have traded my <laughs> husband for the kids, the kids I could handle. Yeah. My husband like ate all my food all day and just like, he would come out with his, he still does this with his headphones, you know, <laughs> his like earphones in right. and ask me questions. And then I would answer and he would look at me like, like, point to his earphones like he's on the phone. I'm like, but you just asked me a question. Right. He comes oh out gosh. on his conference call and I'm like, you need to go back to an office. Like right. there is some healthy space that needs to happen right now. So I think yeah. that was another thing talking about our spouses that like I would have these conversations that I thought I was having with him, but really I was just having them with myself. So nothing oh. ever got accomplished or pushed forward. Hmm. So, you know, there was, there was all that, but yeah. Yeah. That, ha- that happens in our house a lot. It's so funny because um, they like, I'm like, did I, did I not say this to you already? Like, hello. And yeah. I have to, um, I, I have, he calls them rules. I call them protocols. So I oh, have funny. specific protocols that we have to follow. And he's like, I didn't know about that. I'm like, well, it's on the calendar or it's in right. whatever, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's yeah. what inspires yeah. you, Rachel. Who inspires me? Mm-hmm. I, um, I am very inspired by a lot of the women that I've met on Clubhouse in the last six mm. months. And I know that that feels like a social media space. I know too, you know, people in my real life and my community are like, okay, sure, you know, Clubhouse, whatever. But I have been so uplifted and inspired by the men and women that I have connected with, you know, you mm. included but that I've been able to form these relationships with. And there are these Mm -hmm. like-minded people who are doing good for this world and Mm. willing to step out and help and share information and proving the point that there is enough room for all. They are not just Mm -hmm. saying that like many business owners can say that there's enough room for all, but really that's not how they feel. And I think that, you know, that, it's just such a, if you do it right, if you get in uh-huh. there and you follow every single person, you know, you could possibly follow, then you curate a good experience for yourself. Right. And I'm happy to send and, you know, an invite. I'm, I use air quotes when I say that because uh-huh. I don't want it to feel like an exclusive space because it's actually the total opposite of right. an exclusive space. But I have, I always have some of those. So feel mm-hmm. free to DM me if that is something that you need. Um, but for, you know, for parenting too, for my niche of motherhood and women, they mm-hmm. are everywhere. And yeah. I never would have found them if, if it weren't for them. I, I agree. And I think that, cool. you know, in the last six months that has um, people who are not in clubhouse think of their worst experience in social media yeah. and apply <laughs> that metric to the, to the platform. Yeah. And I, and I think that you are so right. It's who you curate in your hallway, right? How you want to be, um, you know, connected to people is important. And, you know, yeah, I've seen the crazy rooms that everybody talks about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I just, I just go and I, I have the power. I can hide that room. I don't have yeah. to look at it anymore. And yeah. really, you know, the people who I've connected with are people who are so willing to be open and giving and encouraging and supportive. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a great experience. And it reminds me that we can find our communities. Yeah, we can I agree. find the people that um, can help us and support us and encourage us to be more. Yeah, um, it's, you, a constant, it's a constant driver that I'm on the sure. right path. Mm. So yeah, and you you've accomplished a lot of things for yourself and for your business. What is the new thing that you are working on accomplishing? Yeah, um, I am working on publishing a nonfiction book. Yeah, so I have I know I have a partner publisher for that, and that I'm really excited about. Um, and and then I'm hoping later in the fall, maybe October November timeframe. I'm going to launch some group coaching about, um, yeah, confidence and joy in our lives. Oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah, small group spaces where I really thrive and I feel like I've learned so Mm -hmm. much in the courses that I have taken. Um, And I want to sort of tweak them a little and combine a few that I've learned a lot from and sort of put them into a space of finding confidence in our own lives Mm -hmm. Um, and how to do that simple, really simple steps 
that you can do. I feel like I have, I have all the self-help, all the mom books Mm -hmm. out there and they're amazing and brilliant, but I fold all the pages. I highlight all the passages and then I put them on my bookshelf and they sit there for a year and a half until I remember them again. Right. And that's sort of where this all started, where I was like, wait a second. I, I, if I need the actionable steps, I want to be able to put this book down, take Uh five steps out of my bedroom and do something right? because I don't have time in my life to change the schedules and change my job a million times and uproot my family for adventures. I want something tangible that I can do right now. And so I really Uh want to be able to arm women with simple ways that they can make these changes in their lives that will benefit themselves and benefit their little ones or their spouses or the people that they have in their world. Um, That is so good. And I love that you're saying that, Um, you know, I went through the process of writing a book this year. I went through the process of the final edits and now um, we're in the formatting and it's it's, it's it's an interesting process. So thank you. But Uh, one thing that I would say is, and and the name of my my book is Confident You, Simple Habits to Live the Life You Have Imagined. But simple habits is the key. I think that when people think that they need to change a hundred percent in just evolve. You can just do something new, something um, that you can grow from and right. it doesn't have to be super life-changing, but it can make a big difference if you continue to be consistent. So that's very important. Well, congratulations. And, um, you. and when you're ready to launch, let me know. And I we'll, know. we'll have to celebrate and do some social I know. media well, stuff. Same with you. I, w- I really you. do want, I think that they're so aligned And I, you know, one thing I was going to note about what you just said, just sparked in me when people believe, and trust me, I've been there many a time that in order to gain confidence in their lives, you must do the grand, you must do the big, you must show up big and loud. And those, that tells me that those are the external confidences that you are waiting for someone to approve who you are and what you're doing. And it's the little tiny things that you do in your life that bring you, bring your soul a little bit settled. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's the the distinction that both, that both of us are trying to make. And I think that there are a lot of women that are trying to do that too, which makes me really hopeful for the future of our children. (laughs) Oh, I love it. And I have to say, you know, for me, I know that is the little action that has gotten me the little and consistent action is the stuff that has gotten me the greater amount of traction. Yeah. Um, And I, and I keep saying this to, to my clients, because again, you know, we're looking for these grand things because we want to compare to the grand thing that somebody else has, but the grand thing that we're seeing in them is probably a lot of things that we haven't seen that we're just showing up, doing the thing and and going at it. So, yeah, I mean, um, that's, I mean, that's the thing about failure is that we focus mm -hmm. so much on other people's successes, right? But, and that's fine in theory, but what (laughs) about all their failures that got them there? And that's another conversation that I have with my kids almost daily. My, my Uh oldest wants to play for the New York Yankees. So, well, I never want to, I am in, (laughs) I know, well, I never want to diminish his dream and I will support him and tell him to work his ass off all the time. Yes. I also remind him every time he strikes out and he's mad about it. I'm like, how many times did Reggie Jackson strike out? How many times did Uh Jeter strike out? How many times did, I don't know, whoever else he follows, you know, strike out. I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, we'll find that out. Right. Because I bet it was thousands. So, you know, you know, that's actually a lesson that my dad and I've talked that I think about this on the podcast, my dad and I are both Yankee fans. He's a New Yorker and I'm a New Yorker. (laughs) And uh, he would talk about um, I, I forgot what it was. And, and I don't know if it was a promotion or something that I was working toward. But I do remember he's like, honey, you know, my Babe Ruth had the number one batting average. He's like, cause he had the most strikeouts Yeah, and you have yeah. to have all of that. And I, and yeah. I remember thinking, and it's funny because in my office and, and um, I used to have it when my office was reconfigured, but I had a picture of Babe Ruth oh, to remind cool. me that yeah. you have idea. to have a strikeout. Right. And even right. in this business, it's been something that I, I ran. You know what? I was an expert at running an educational company. 
in grading contracts with school districts and training hundreds of teachers and doing a lot of different things. But I was a beginner and running my own company. And now I'm further ahead and now I'm in a different space. But if I sat down and only compared myself to my success in the past, I would never be able to get moving ahead. Yeah, it's Um, so true. And I feel like if we can accept that about ourselves and start talking about that to each other, that will transcend down to how our children view their failures and successes as stepping stones to where the world needs you to be um, and less about whether you are good or bad. Yeah. I actually was playing a game with, with a child not too long ago and uh, they lost and, um, and, and they were really upset and, and it really gave me pause because I remember, you know, when I used to play with my dad, we used to play different games or whatnot. Again, the lesson was he I, I had to win and I had to win fair and square and he wouldn't let me win because he wanted me to learn that yeah. one, you can learn more for, to strategize, to think critically, to think of a different way of doing right. things. And right. when you don't allow a child to have that, mm-hmm. then you are setting them up for having a rude awakening because the world right. will teach you and right. the lessons sometimes are a little harder. And you, have to, you harder. have to have the sportsmanship that allows you to have both of those sides. And I mean, right. and, and really, are you going to choose, be able to choose your teacher or your mm-hmm. boss? Mm-hmm. Or your coworkers, or how your spouse acts. Right. Sometimes, no, you don't. You don't get to choose that. No. And it's not our job to fix everything for them and make them winners all the time. Right. It's just not. Yeah, I used to when I worked for the educational company. I would have a lot of parent interaction, and some of the parents would like, "Oh, well, you know, my child has a terrible teacher." And I said, "Well, good." Yeah. The reality is that your t- your <laughs> child has to be able to um, have the people skills to yep. interact. If you're yep. taking him out of the teacher's class and you're saying yep. it's okay, then they're not le- learning what it's like to compromise, what right. it's like to listen to people with different opinions. And that's a life skill that is so important. Yeah. Um, and I want to teach them to fail now and normalize that. Yeah. And uh, so that when they're in college and they fail, when they're young adult when they fail when they're 40 years old and they fail they know that they can still come to me and I'll always have their back and I'll always help them figure out a plan but they're not going to be judged or criticized for for failing or or changing no shame in the failure no shame in the change Um, yeah exactly exactly and I I I could probably talk to you all day about this but uh <laughs> i i want to be sensitive to your time but mm-hmm. tell me where could people find you rachel yes yes you can find me my website is mm-hmm. um the awakening motherhood project.com i am also on social media on um on instagram at awakening.motherhood.project mm-hmm. and those are the two places i'm also on clubhouse as we talked about So feel free to DM me or shoot me a note through my website to get an invite for that. Um, And would love to, you know, talk to the audience more on on any of those platforms um, or live. I'm happy to do that as well. Well, Rachel, you are doing a big world, the world a big favor by normalizing what it's like, right? To have the joy in the process of motherhood and being there for each other and knowing that you're not alone in this journey. And thank you for all the work that you are doing, because I know that you're impacting the lives of many women and moms and in turn their kids so keep doing what you're doing and And I can't wait I cannot wait to celebrate your books I want I can't wait to celebrate yours and your coaching everybody should have a coach and I believe that the more that we have people helping others become the better version of themselves Mm -hmm. uh, the world is always going to be a better place for us I know I agree I agree Well, Rachel, thank you so much for being here. And I can't wait to continue to see all the lovely pictures you're posting on social of your kids and go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Thank you so much for your time. I love it. Thank you for your time as well. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining.
joining us this week on the Casa de Confidence podcast with Julie DeLuca Collins. Remember to check her out on Instagram and Facebook and always click subscribe to catch every new episode. Remember, leave a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. And as always, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Hi, everybody. I know that sometimes we get very lonely in this entrepreneur journey, and I want to invite you to join us into our limited time only Purposeful You Mastermind. For many of us entrepreneurs, we believe that we can do it all, but the reality is that doing it alone only creates a lot of overwhelm. So join us at the Purposeful You Mastermind. You can find out more information by going to bit.ly forward slash Julie's mastermind. This is going to be the place where you are able to then unlock your full potential and achieve long-term success for your business, push you behind your current limits, expand your connections, discover new ideas, and implement them with confidence. You're going to get the support in all aspects and transforming you to the six-figure business you've been looking for. Pause and get off the hamster wheel if you've been spinning around. This is a time where you can get that support from like-minded entrepreneurs that are here to join you in your journey. Together, we can challenge the assumptions and land the speaking engagements and opportunities we want to grow our business and make an impact in the lives of people. See you then. Remember, you can find the mastermind at bit.ly, Julie's Mastermind.